0: Welcome to the Baseline Community Church podcast. A few weeks ago, um, I got to have a pretty cool experience. Um, I was invited, along with eight other um, folks um, who serve on staff with the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship Campus Ministry organization that I worked for. That I work for to um, be honored for 25 years of service, and uh, the the. The celebration dinner was actually on the campus of uh, LSU in Baton Rouge at this uh, beautiful conference center. And there was this really uh, nice dinner um, that was hosted um, for us. And then when we got to the honoring ceremony, the way um, they did it is they put together um, a video montage um, for each person (laughs) of different folks kind of sharing um, via video um, how they had been impacted. Um, by this particular person and what they were thankful to God for and, and having them in their life. Um, there were some written testimonies um, as well, and um, uh, they did it uh, in alphabetical order. And so um, with the last name Zell, I was, I, I was last. So um, I got to experience listening um, to the honoring of, of one after another after another of these of amazing people. And I just have to say, it was was incredibly inspiring to hear testimonies of the fruitful lives that these um, amazing people have lived and the impact that they had had during 25 years of ministry. And what struck me was the impact that was described was not so much about the impressive accomplishments that had happened in their lives. It wasn't so much about You know, kind of what they had done and people that had been reached. Instead, what was shared in these video testimonies was how people had experienced Jesus through these individuals, through who they were. They had experienced hospitality and kindness and servanthood and faith and passion for the gospel and God's kingdom. The impact that was testified to was not about what they had done as much as it was about who they had become. That who they were as followers of Jesus for more than 25 years. When we got to the end of the evening, the feeling in the room was that we just wanted to worship Jesus. Because the fruitfulness of the lives of these honorees had just glorified God. God looked so good. As we continue in this series of Garden to Garden, the image that we find in scripture of the garden is an image that connotes human flourishing. It's an image, that the biblical word that's used is shalom, a sense of people fulfilling their purpose, being in right relationships with each other and with God. It's an image that really is about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. And one of the markers of life in the kingdom of God is fruitfulness. It's fruitfulness. The garden that we find ourselves in as we follow Jesus is one where it's it's bursting with life and fruit. That that is what God intends for us. So what what is this fruitfulness? Let me describe it a different way. Scripture talks about it a few different ways. Um, we know in Galatians 5, talks, Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit, right? Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that as we follow Jesus, that that kind of fruit gets born in our lives. We become more and more like Jesus in those characteristics mark our lives more and more. That's a part of this picture of fruitfulness. But we also have um, Paul in Ephesians 2. When he, when he says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And so fruitfulness is, um, is both an inward transformation that happens as we follow Jesus, as well as... Um, we're meant to do good works. It's a, there's an outward expression of that. And so the definition I would give is that fruitfulness in the kingdom is inward transformation flowing outward into the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God is up to in our lives. This is actually how the kingdom comes. It doesn't come... Um, When Jesus came, it it didn't come through armies overthrowing the Romans. It came through people, through Jesus' disciples following after him. And it was through them that the kingdom broke forth into the world. And guess what? That's how the kingdom is still coming. We heard it in Kevin and Daniela's testimony. God is bringing his kingdom to the Czech Republic through faithful believers. We're allowing Jesus to transform them and move through them to bring His kingdom. This is our calling, as disciples of Jesus, that we would be fruitful people. The question that I want us to sit with this morning, and I, you know, I hope that we're inspired. I hope we're, we're sort of longing for, like, yeah, I want to live a fruitful life. I want to get to the end of my life and and. And know that people were impacted by who I was. I hope we long for that. But the question I want us to sit with this morning is, how does that fruitfulness manifest? How how do we become fruitful people? We want to take a closer look at that process, okay? And the answer to that question is, or that process is simpler than we might imagine, And at the same time, more difficult than we realize. Okay? We're going to look at it um, by uh, sitting with one of Jesus' most famous parables the parable of the sower. Okay? Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to do a quick paraphrase of the actual parable. We know it. We're familiar with it. Sower goes out to sow, scatters the seed sort of far and wide, and the, the seed falls on different kinds of soil. It falls on a path, and the bird comes and snatches it away. It falls on uh, rocky ground, and it, it uh, starts to grow a little bit, but it's kind of shallow, and when the sun um, come, you know, uh, shines on it, it, it shrivels and dies because its roots aren't deep, and then Some fall on uh, thorny ground, and it springs up, but then the thorns grow with it and choke it out, um, and so there's no fruit. And then finally, uh, some of the seed falls on good soil. So we can imagine Jesus telling that parable to a whole big crowd of people, and then he just says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And then he walks away. For most people that were there that day, as they heard that parable, it's a little bit like, um, why did we come to listen to a farming story? Right. See, we, we, there's this thing called the curse of knowledge. When you know something, you forget that you know it, or you, you forget that other people don't know it, right? And so we hear the story. and oh, it seems obvious. They should have gotten the meaning of the parable. But literally, he's just talking about throwing seed and soil and different kinds of soil, and people did not understand what he was talking about. And so most folks left, but a few stay behind. The 12 disciples and some others, the the, uh, the scripture says. And they have this interaction with Jesus. They ask him about the parables. And so we'll pick this up here. He says, don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path when the word is scattered and people hear it right away Satan comes and steals the word that was planted in them. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. And when they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seeds scattered among the thorny plants. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit. In one case, it yield of 30 to 1, in another case, 60 to 1, and in another case, 100 to 1. Jesus makes it clear how fruitfulness happens in our lives. Now, when we read this, we often um, read this as Jesus describing people. There's certain kind of people out there. There are people who are like people, their hearts are the path, and others with the rocks, and others thorny, right? And so which kind of person are you? Are you a good soil kind of person, or are you one of those other kind of folks? And that, that certainly applies. We heard it in um, the testimony that Kevin shared about um, Honka. There were years there where her, her soil was hard. It was, you know, she wanted nothing to do with Jesus, And then there came a moment where all of a sudden it got soft, and she received the word and came to faith um, in Jesus. So that's true. It describes people, but Jesus is also describing a pattern for how fruitfulness breaks forth in our lives. The pattern of God speaking a word, and then how that word is received and responded to. And that pattern is hear the word and embrace it. That's what leads to fruitfulness. Hear the word and embrace it. Now before we explore fully what that means, it's worth noting what fruitfulness doesn't come from. Fruitfulness in our lives does not come from the sheer passage of time. We don't become fruitful people just because we get older. Okay, It's not an automatic kind of thing. It's not, it doesn't come from religious practice or attendance on a Sunday morning. That's not what brings fruitfulness. It's not even brought about by accumulating knowledge, a knowledge about the Bible or learning everything that you can. I, I um, had a conversation with a pastor some years ago who was designing a, a, what he called a discipleship program for his church. And he knew I did a lot of discipleship stuff within a varsity, so he goes, hey, would you mind taking a look at this and giving me some feedback on kind of what you think about this? And so he sent it to me, and I was reading through it, and um, what struck me is everything in this discipleship program was all about learning the correct doctrines of the church. And so that confused me a little bit. And so I, re- I reached out to him, I said, I read this through, it seems to me like You think you know the way you're approaching discipleship is you want your people to understand correct doctrine, and he goes, "Yes, that's exactly right." I was like, "Now I I wasn't that close to the pastor, and so I, you know, I was younger and a little more insecure." So I was like, "All right, man, if that's what you want to do, go for it, right?" But I wish I had challenged him a little bit. I say, "Well, help me understand how that reflects what Jesus says. How disciples are grown. How fruitfulness happens." Now, there's nothing wrong with doctrine and understanding good doctrine and, you know, uh, everybody's seen those uh, read through the Bible in a year and, you know, having a broad understanding of Scripture. All those things are wonderful things. They provide context. They give us grounding, all that kind of stuff. But Jesus is clear. The only way that fruitfulness happens is if you hear the word and embrace it. That's how we bear Fruit. Now we understand that the word that God speaks to us, let's just talk for a minute about what, the word, what that word is or how it comes to us. It can come in many ways. It can certainly come from uh, the scripture. And you're, you know, whether you're in a group scripture study or studying on your own or in your daily quiet time or whatever it might be, God can speak his word to you through that. It can come through a sermon on a Sunday morning. I know all of us who preach sermons, that's what we hope for. We pray for that. We're like, God, bring a word um, to folks, right? It can come um, through prayer. We can be in prayer, and the Holy Spirit can speak a word to us in the midst of prayer. It can come through another brother or sister. God speaks to us through one another. It can come so many different ways that the What's important is not how it comes. What's important is that we recognize when it has come. When we recognize that God has just spoken a word to me and that we embrace it. We recognize Jesus is speaking to me right now. I think this is a word for me. And it's personal. Right? There's a way that we can read the scripture and we can just sort of generally understand what's going on. But... The real fruit comes when we recognize that there's a specific and personal word that God is speaking into my life right now. And then it comes down to do we embrace it? Do we respond? Do we say, yes, Jesus, I receive that word and I'm gonna respond accordingly to what I sense you leading me to do. I would like each of us to just pause for a moment and think of a time, can you think of a time When you recognized that God was speaking a specific word to you, and you responded. Just give us a moment. Time when you recognized God was speaking a specific word to you, and you responded. What was the fruit of that? I was thinking about this, and um, a few examples came to mind of just... uh, that I've been recently exposed to, a good friend of mine, a colleague, was sharing with me that he um, had been feeling very kind of just sort of frustrated and dissatisfied with the circumstances of his life recently. And was kind of complaining, and there was a bit of a complaining spirit that was going on. And um, in a moment of clarity, he felt like the Lord spoke a word to him and said, I want you to practice gratitude. And that was a clear word. Oh, yeah, I can see how there's, I'm just not feeling very grateful for things. And so he embraced that word, and he responded by committing to starting his day every day by writing down five things that he was grateful for. God spoke a word, he recognized it was God's word for him, and he embraced it and responded. And that began to change his heart fruit began to be born in him. He began to be transformed and become a more at peace and grateful person. Another example, another friend of mine, um, this one's a little bit more uh, challenging, I think, for us. Um, When everything went down in the withdrawal from Afghanistan and there was a whole flood of refugees that were coming and needed a place to stay, she and her husband Recognized that God was speaking a word to them about being a family that would open up their home to an Afghan refugee family. We could talk about how that's a good value for all Christians to have, and we should all be doing that, but it doesn't really work until you hear that word personally. And they heard that word personally, and they received it and said, yes, Jesus, that's from you, and that's what you have for us. And so they opened up their home and welcomed in an Afghan family It's been living with them for the past month. When I spoke to my friend, or my wife actually spoke to my friend Sarah about it, her testimony of what's happened in the last month is one of tremendous fruitfulness. I'm sure there have been moments that have been hard and challenging, but overall her experience is she's experiencing the grace of God being poured out in their midst. as She's learning how to love this family and and she just sees God moving in not just this family but in her children and children. Um, this whole experience. It's broken forth tremendous fruit. That's how it works. And so then it's obvious to us. We don't just hear the word one time. Not just a one-time deal, one seed, how it gets received, you know, right? It's yes or no. No, it's a pattern that happens over and over again. And this is how we mature as disciples of Jesus. And become fruit-bearing people. It's not complicated. Hear the word and embrace it. Respond. It's not complicated, but boy, it's not easy. Is it? You see, I think the truth is, and I think Don talked about this um, on Wednesday at our Ash Wednesday service that, um, yes, there can be different kinds of people, but when we look in our heart, I think we actually have all four different kinds of soil present at one time. We have places in our heart that we've allowed to become hard, right? Whether it's because of bitterness or unbelief or pain or unforgiveness, we can have those places in our heart. We can have rocky soil where we only let the word go in superficially. Oh, that's, that sounds really fun, Let's, yes, God, but then when fears or pain or struggle uh, uh, hit us, then we go, this is too hard. We give up. We don't want to go there anymore with God. We have thorny soil where we, uh, where our desires for comfort and security and feeding our own ego or ambition uh, choke out the fruitfulness of God. Things get in the way and don't allow that word to bear fruit. See, When God speaks words to us, it so often leads us into uncomfortable spaces. That shouldn't surprise us, right? Isn't that how we grow, right? We get called to sort of step out of our comfort zone, step into something new, right? That's how we grow. We shouldn't be surprised that God does that consistently. But it's not easy. As I was uh, working on this sermon, God brought brought to mind um, a memory or an experience that I had with him that goes way back, back to my college days. Um, It was uh, at the end of my freshman year in college, and um, I'd had a very tumultuous freshman year. um, uh, Had come in, not really seeking God. I was on the football team. I, uh, you know, sort of... uh, pledged a fraternity, I was sort of trying to get the most out of college life, and then um, everything kind of fell apart, and I sort of uh, came to that empty place, um, very similar to Honka, right, and I recognized that I needed something more, and uh, Jesus was there, totally came into my life, and I was excited to follow Jesus, and then I got to the end of the year, And I was uh, out at a retreat with some other college students and we were studying the gospel of John. So we're in the scripture study and we were studying that passage that Don talked about two weeks ago. John 15, abiding in the vine. And if there's a branch that doesn't bear fruit, what does the gardener do? Prunes it. right? Get rid of it so that more fruit could come. And as I was sitting in this scripture study... All of a sudden, the word, God spoke a word to me. Not just a general but a very specific word. And the word was, it's time to quit football. I'd played football my freshman year. I had planned to play, return and play football again. Um, now, I'll be honest with you. Not because I was great at football. I wasn't. <laughs> and not because I loved playing football. I didn't. But because... Growing up, sports was the thing that I had rooted my identity in. It's what made me feel valuable and set me apart from other people. And once I had the opportunity to play football in college, I thought, wow, even better. I'm that much more separated from everyone else. I am a college athlete. Now, I was so far down the death chart that I never saw the light of day that freshman year, but that didn't matter because it was my identity. And in that scripture study, God said, It's time to let that go. And I knew this is a word that God is speaking to me. And the question was was I going to embrace it? It would have been easy. I can just see a version of myself where that word would have landed on a, a hard path and just bounced off. What? I shouldn't have to quit football. There's lots of Christians, athletes out there, and, you know, look at all the good I could do on the football team, right? That could have happened. It could have landed on shallow soil where I said, oh, okay, God, yeah, I'll quit football. But then teammates and coaches all of a sudden put pressure on me, like, you shouldn't quit. Don't do that. That's dumb, right? Why would you, you know, God doesn't want you to quit football. And then I would have caved. That could have easily happened. My heart could have said, um, okay, yeah, I'll quit football, but now what do I find my identity in? And I could have, that next year, just grabbed onto other things to make me feel valuable and important. You know, thrown myself into academics and tried to achieve academically or go get a job and make a lot of money or something like that while I was in college uh, to fill my finding other things to fill my life with. That could have easily happened. But by God's grace... My heart received that word in good soil. And I recognized that this was for my good, that God was bringing this word in order to release me from some things in my life that were not giving me life. And I said yes to Jesus. And that decision has borne tremendous fruit in my life. By letting go of football, I returned to campus the next year, and I had all of this time. And so I was like, Jesus, I want to learn how to do ministry. I want to learn how to be a disciple in college, and I threw myself into that and learned how to lead people and lead Bible studies and and, uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus to my fellow college students. And... Um, Over the next few years, I I fell in love with that and experienced fruit with that so much so that I was interested in maybe I want to do that as a a career. And so I said yes to Jesus over and over again. That ultimately led me to being in full-time ministry. That's my journey. That's my story. But it started with a yes and a receiving the word that God was bringing It's difficult to say yes to God, to his word. But we've been given, and this is where I want to end, we've been given a secret weapon. See, the parable of the sower isn't just a story that Jesus is telling to make a point. By telling the story the way that he told, he's actually demonstrating what he's talking about in real time, because most people walked away. When they heard the story, we don't understand what this means. This is whatever. We're out of here. But a few stuck around and they asked Jesus um, about uh, the parable and its meaning. And a couple verses before what we saw up on the screen, Jesus said, He said a couple things. First, He says, The secret of God's kingdom has been given to you. Those that remained and asked Him about the parable, Jesus says, The secret of God's kingdom has been given to you. And then he goes on to say, don't you understand the parables? How will you understand all the parables? And then he goes on to explain the meaning of the parables so that they could understand. You see what's happening here? What's the secret? Jesus is the secret. For once, the, the Sunday school answer is the right answer. Jesus is the secret. They recognize Jesus has the words of life. We may not have understood what that parable is about, but if we go to Jesus, he will help us understand and Jesus says, you've got it. You have me and I have the words of life and I will reveal to you what you need to know so that you can receive the word and embrace it and flourish. The secret is recognizing that we can't do this apart from Jesus. Jesus is our discipler. His words to us are what lead us into fruitfulness. All of you who have come to believe in Jesus, you have been given this secret too. Cling to Jesus. He will show you the way. And so we can do two things, I think, to help us become the kind of people and go deeper as the kind of people who bear fruit in our lives. The first thing is we listen. We listen for Jesus's words. That sounds obvious, but let's be real. I think most of us go throughout our days without having an ear turned towards God's voice. We just get to get through our day. We don't really expect that God is going to speak to us or has something to say to us, and when we do that, we're like that hard path. It just The seed just sort of gets snatched away. So let's be people who listen for Jesus' words. Expect God to speak. I'll be honest, there have been so many Sundays in my life where I have come to church expecting nothing. Where I just show up, oh, okay, I go to church. As if like somehow, like God just goes, check, all right, good for you, you know, right? And I think when we do that, phew, It just goes right over our heads. But if we come to church saying, Jesus, what are you going to say to me today? Then all of a sudden, church can become an amazing place where we hear the word from God. So let's listen for Jesus' words. And secondly, we need to pray that God would give us good soil. Jesus, help my heart have good soil. All the types are in there. God, would you remove the rocks? Would you... Kind of pull out those thorns. Would you soften my heart so that I could receive your word? When I was sitting at uh, in the room at the, the honoring time, um, listening to all these other folks, eventually it came to me. And I was last, and a video went up, and some folks started saying some nice things um, about me and how I had impacted them. And I'll be honest, it feels a little weird to share this, but so just hear my heart in this, okay? What struck me as I listened to what was being shared um, was people were talking about how they had experienced Jesus through me because of how deeply they saw Jesus in me. And I wanted to laugh. I wanted to Get down on my knees and worship God because 25 years ago, I know more than anyone else what I was like, right? I was so insecure and so prideful at the same time. I don't know how those go together, but they were both true of me. I was so broken and yet so unaware of my brokenness. I was a mess. And didn't know it. I know it now. You know how you get old, you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, what I would say to my you know, 22-year-old self, right? But I knew back then one thing for sure, and I knew that Jesus had words of life because I had experienced that in college. That he had set me free from things. I had been following Jesus and saying yes to the words that had been given me, and I was committed to continuing to do that. And it was a powerful thing to see the fruit that had come over 25 years of saying yes to Jesus. And my response was, Jesus, you have done this. You have done this, Lord. You know me. I could not have done this without you. It was a powerful moment. And it makes me want to continue to say yes to Jesus for the rest of my life. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray for everyone sitting here in this room and who's um, outside on the patio and watching from home or who may watch this in the future. Lord, thank you that um, you always have a fresh word to bring. God, that you see every single person's circumstance. You know what they're facing, what they're struggling with, Lord, and that there's a word of life that you want to bring. Thank you, God, that even if we've, our hearts have been hard in the past or we've let thorns creep in or there's too many rocks, Lord, that you can handle all of that if we turn to you. And so, Jesus, I pray for ears to hear your words of life. And I pray for hearts that are full of good soil to receive it and embrace it. That more and more, we could become your church, not just Baseline Community Church, but your church, Big C Church, that bears fruit in all the places that you call us to go. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Baseline Community Church, please go to BaselineCC.com.